He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, as you can now see, look at this. If you guys are watching on T on, on uh, YouTube, you can actually see the plan of the show. How close will we stick to that plan? That's always a variable. But <laughs> today on the show, Raj is here. I am here. The Lakers beat, air quotes, beat the San Antonio Spurs uh, in, in pretty uninspiring fashion. They were up by plenty throughout the game and then decided it was a good time to just kind of uh, call it a night Spurs disagreed. Mm -hmm. They did not call it a night and, and made it way closer than it had to be. Uh, but Raj, you are here and um, are like you, the last thing that I said on all access Lakers before we started recording was yeah. um, I have thoughts. So <laughs> normally that doesn't, that, that, that like that, that comes before, a bit of a rant. Are, are you buckled in? I don't think you've you've been here to witness a full-on rant before. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And I said, you know, I would probably have to take the other side because I feel like you're about to go way off the spectrum in terms of how you're about to attack Darvin Ham and how I see kind of the timeline reacting. But first, you know, I want to say I'm just going to put you in a little bit better mood before you get into that rant. Okay. Congrats on Shohei Otani. You know, like, congrats. You got, you got, a, you got, you got a superstar in. In your building, um, uh -huh. I think they're supposed to go get some guy named Glass now or something like. So uh -huh. you know, like the Dodgers are supposed to be improving. The Lakers did win this game. Uh, they improved to fifteen and nine. Anthony Davis looks really good. His jump shot is coming along. So just before you get into all those things, I just want to provide some backroom, little background context to just you know keep things in perspective uh, before you just uh, attack or attack the head coach. So you go ahead. Um, but, you know, I think it'd be hard to kind of attack him as hard as you can after I just, you know, made your day a little bit better. I kind of improved your mood just a, just a little bit. Um, hold on. I, I have an, a very important update here to make on the on the banner on, you know, underneath us here. Um, OK. All right. <laughs> so let's go ahead and save that. We will go ahead and throw that breaking. Raj watches other sports or mentions other sports. There's that huge news. For those of you right. yes. who um, have been listening to the show for a long time, Raj, it didn't work. I'm still pissed. No, that that okay. game, we should have been done with our jobs on all access Lakers in the third quarter. Like it should have been over. Fair. It, it, like there mm -hmm. was there was no reason for that game to be that stressful. And uh, yeah, that's that's where we find ourselves again. The Lakers beat, or I guess for the first time, the Lakers beat. The San Antonio Spurs 122 to 119 in San Antonio on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. LeBron did not play in this one. Anthony Davis did, and his matchup against Victor Wembanyama was super fun. We're going to talk about that um, in a little bit when we get to parts of the game that we actually enjoyed. Um, but before we get there, we have to talk about like it had it. It is now two games in a row, Raj. That. Um, that Darwin goes away from, I think, the team's most natural identity, right? Or if not sure. most natural, but optimized identity. The, 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 you know, the way that the Lakers should be playing this is pretty damn apparent, I think, right? Like this is, this is not rocket science. The Lakers, when they play wings, good. When the Lakers don't play their wings, not as good. And, and yet, um, in, in, you know, in yet another game, the Lakers closed this one with guys who can't get stops and the Lakers, once again, this is crazy Raj, you know, you might want to sit yep. down if you aren't, I don't know <laughs> if you record like Pat McAfee or whatever, but, uh, Not sure. the, the Lakers, while they were playing guys who struggled to get stops, guess what happens? Struggle to get stops. Mm -hmm. They struggled to get <laughs> stops. Look at that. Would you believe it? You sit your best defensive players when you're up in the game, and somehow, some way, the other team finds a way to make enough baskets to get back into the game. Um, and and this is the thing, 
like I said this on on uh, the lowdown yesterday, and I guess I'm gonna have to keep on repeating it until uh, I my face resembles your 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 hoodie. But yeah, I the Lakers. So the uh, Indiana Pacers this year have been the best offensive team, not just in the league, but ever in terms of just raw efficiency. They have been. Mm-hmm. So far ha- ahead of everybody that, you know, the, the, uh, they are basically lapping teams offensively and having a record setting season to this point. Um, the Lakers turn that team who normally, uh, holds a, uh, you know, what's their per 36. Let's go here. So they're, uh, we're at like a 122 offensive rating or something like that. Yeah, I should have had this ready to go. So offensive rating, the Lake, the Indiana Pacers are carrying on this season an offensive rating of 123.5. That is mm-hmm. the best in the NBA this season and the best, if it was to carry out for the entirety of the year, um, would be the best offensive season that any team has ever had. The Lakers... Uh, you know, with all of their wings and the depth that they, they played with. And yeah, you know, Vando clearly isn't healthy and you didn't have LeBron in this one. So that's going to impact your defense to a certain extent. Um, But the Lakers, when they played the Indiana Pacers, uh, the Pacers had a 102.3 rating in that game offensively. That would be the worst in the NBA. So the Lakers turned the best and most efficient offense in the NBA into the worst and least efficient offense in the NBA through a bunch of personnel that, again, makes a whole bunch of sense, had been successful before. Um, since Cam Reddish went to uh, join the starting lineup, right? The Lakers are something like, I think now they're 8-2 and two or 9-2 and two since Reddish joined that, that starting mm-hmm. group. Um, they had won seven straight uh in-season tournament games um and yeah. in large part especially late in that tournament because of that wing heavy identity and that defensive identity but um again as soon as he gets the opportunity harm <laughs> harm that's oof, there's a Freudian slip but ham <laughs> ham harkens back to uh this offensive forward team where yeah. he's playing D'Lo and Reeves and Torian Prince together. He had those three guys and Christian Wood out there um, in this one to close when the Lakers needed stops more than they needed buckets. And guess what, man? They didn't get stops, and they also stopped getting buckets because the way that the Lakers have generated offense this year most consistently has been by getting stops and getting out in transition. And once that goes away, the Lakers look like a significantly worse team. And like my, like sometimes something happens that is so obvious and it flies in the face of what should be obvious that you find yourself wondering, am I taking crazy pills? Am I losing my mind? Am I actually smarter than the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers? I don't think I am. But what I do think though, is that like he has this blind spot, ideologically speaking, and it keeps on hurting the Lakers when he goes back to it. And so, Raj, I'm asking you, pleading with you, begging sure. for you to, to explain this to me. You, you, you said you wanted to be the devil's advocate in this one. Right. Why mm-hmm. does he keep doing this? What is the point? So, like, I, yeah, I said I was going to be a devil's advocate because everyone deserves at least one advocate for them, right? I uh-huh. think everyone, every person yeah. on the planet I would argue at least the devil deserves... doesn't, but okay. <laughs> no, yeah, probably that's one person who doesn't. But most people deserve an adv- advocate for them. And to be fair, again, with Darwin, you mentioned the camera just substitute. I don't think you make that substitute without having at least some idea that your defense needed to improve, right? So he subbed Austin Reeves out for Cam Reddish, which is a big move, right? Austin Reeves all summer kind of told he's the third Mm -hmm. guy, he's the third star in pictures with LeBron and AD, subbed out for a minimum guy in Cam Reddish, and he's he's stuck with that. So I think that's number one. Number two, I think tonight was such a strange game. You'll see this a lot around the league to me where teams go on runs in the fourth quarter, and I'm not excusing it. I'm saying this was a night that Darwin probably thought, hey, look, Christian Wood hasn't played in a long time. Vando's kind of shaken up, and you mentioned this on the on the all-access Lakers. It's crazy. Vando was limping to the scorer's table. Not <laughs> to once. To the scorer's table. Not, yes. 
not from the game to the scores table, no. from the scores table into the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Vando is limping to the scores table. He just does not look right. I think Cam Reddish also had like a strange fall and they were and, and they were looking at him on the bench. So I think that was also part of it. LeBron was out, so he was trying to get some more size. And again, I'm not excusing this. I think if Vando and Cam were perfectly healthy, I think they should have been playing. The bigger issue tonight, in my opinion, was D'Lo and Austin and Torian not taking their, you know, uh, foot off the pedal, just completely turning the car off defensively. <laughs> to me, like, like I think way. that... Yeah, just on the freeway, they got out. They got out of the car. They left it there and thought someone else would come pick it up and drive it home. To me, that was more yeah. the issue. Look at Anthony Davis's face in the fourth quarter. Every single time he got back, he's like, "Where, where, where are you guys? Like, where's my help?" Christian Wood just zero help defense, and I think we saw part of why he's not playing. And D'Lo, like again, if Cam or even Max, who I thought was better than D'Lo just tonight in terms of his defensive acumen and defensive effort, like that would have been a sub I was fine with, but. The Spurs picked up full court. They spe- they sped the game up. Awful turnovers. Austin Reeves took a timeout like early in the fourth quarter because he couldn't get the ball in. That killed our timeouts. D'Lo had an awful turnover in the fourth. Like I thought that was more what it was, and then the defensive effort. But so I'm with you in terms of the wing play. I feel like that is our identity. I I do think that's something that we have kind of dipped into and have really bought in. Just tonight, I think he tried to buy minutes. And look, a Spurs team that has lost 17 in a row. You think your team can hold a 13-point lead with Anthony Davis and us two on the floor against that team. And it just didn't it didn't happen. Do you buy some of that? Well, or are you it, still kind of giving giving uh, going well, on? Well, like, it, hand, like all right, the point you just made, mm-hmm. you have a 13-point lead. You have Anthony yeah. Davis, not just like, oh, typical Anthony Davis, but like Anthony Monster. Davis playing really well, right? In this one, mm-hmm. he finishes the game 37 points, 13 of 23 from the field. Two of three from three point range, nine of 12 from the free throw line, grabs 10 boards, an assist, four steals. Um, like you had, you had Thanos level, um, amazing Anthony Davis in this one. And, uh, and again, right? Like, you know, he scored 40, he went for 40 and 20 in the, in the in season tournament final game. Mm-hmm. He had like 37 in, in what was it, 17 last night or whatever it was. Um, in this one, he, he finished with 37. And 10. Uh, so he is on on a freaking tear um, yeah. offensively, especially. And you would think that like, yeah, you have a 13 point lead. You have AD who is still going to play the kind of defense that makes him Anthony Davis. And he is playing as well as he is offensively. That's a blowout. You're playing mm-hmm. against a team that had lost 17 straight games coming into this one. <laughs> um, that should be a blowout. That should be a nice, easy, comfortable win. But that that trio that you mentioned, right? Austin Reeves, mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell, Torian Prince is so bad together. And they have been so bad together this year that no, actually you are turning that you are making that game significantly mm-hmm. more difficult than it has to be when those guys go in there. And, and uh, like, that's, the, this is the thing. Um, and it's, it's, I think simultaneously Darwin's best and worst quality is the amount of trust that he has in his guys, right? He will, he will, you know, I wouldn't go so far as to to um I wouldn't be as hyperbolic as it has been in my mentions where somebody called him a inspirational speaker, uh not a basketball mm-hmm. coach. I wouldn't go that far, but that is like what he is best at it appears it appears to be is um getting and maintaining buy-in from his guys. And and I think what we have seen here is again this blind spot where last year um you know, at the beginning of the year when they had all the tiny little people, uh, you, you you know, he was just trying to get as much NBA talent on the court as possible. So that's why you had right. like Patrick Beverly playing small forward. And, you know, obviously, I think sometimes he went, de- you know, even too far where you had Austin Reeves playing center in a game. But like that, that mistake of playing Austin Reeves at center is the kind of thing that you do when ideologically you see that as like, okay. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a mistake that you make when, you know, that when you see the game a certain way and even when the Lakers got, you know, they, they traded Russ for, uh, you know, well, they traded Kendrick for, for, uh, Rui and then they Rui. traded mm-hmm. Russ, um, for, uh, you know, D'Angelo Russell 
and uh, Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. And when the Lakers finally did have some perimeter size, you still saw Ham going with three tiny guard lineups. Remember, that was a thing that we were concerned about yeah. going even into the playoffs. And so, like, again, this is, to me, um, you know, that that amount of trust that he has in, in guys and the way that they feel that trust is, I think, his best character trait, but also his worst one, where in this case, with D'Angelo Russell, Torian Prince, and, and Austin Reeves, he trusts that group immensely and he shouldn't <laughs> we, we, what we have learned at this point is that like, actually no, that that is a group that you are now okay to move away from. You have the personnel available to where you don't have to go keep throwing that pitch, you know? And, and yeah. um, in this game, I thought, and, and in the, in the Dallas game, when the Lakers kept struggling to get stops, guess who guess which three guys were on the perimeter. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 the tough part. I think the tough part with those three, and I agree, like that, those that tan that like, I don't know, how do you say like a three threesome like just does not work together. Um, they just don't rebound, they don't defend well enough. And I think again, like I think changing the starters to where your most like coveted kind of guy that you brought up all summer to the bench, I think that took uh, took a lot. And I think he's trying to buy mm -hmm. minutes. And again, in a game in a game like tonight. I think you see, you'll see coaches try to experiment and try to see like what works. I'm sure this is a unit coming in, Anthony. So the lineup that closed this game, uh, the the three guys you talked about, Austin, D'Lo, and Torian, and then AD and Christian Wood, they played like around eight games together. Tonight they were a minus 62 in seven minutes, and that was all in the fourth quarter. It was like a, mm -hmm. they gave up like 187, you know, net rating. I think a lot of that is because they're four guys. Christian Wood does rebound, but Torian, Austin, D'Lo just don't protect, don't defend well enough. And then uh, you have AD doing a lot defensively. Um, but I agree with you. I just I think when you have those three, and Torian's played really well recently, and that goes to your point of believing in a guy even when he's not playing well, right? Both of us were kind mm -hmm. of advocating for Torian to kind of move to the bench for other wings, for even Max Christie. And Torian has kind of paid off on that belief. He's shooting, I think, over 40% from three in the last 10 games. He's been hot. He's played well. And he's already getting his 30 minutes. D'Lo gets his around 25 to 30 Austin gets his 25 to 30 and it's really hard to like try to make a rotation where all three of those kind of are off the floor at all times they're going to play together I think the other issue is you have so many guys who need minutes like this was the first time Christian Wood has played in five games you know so he's going to try to keep them out there like he's going to try to stick with them and see hey this is a bad Spurs team let's get them some minutes Jackson Hayes played seven there's just a ton of um, there's just a ton of guys who need minutes. Gabe Vincent is coming back in about four or five days that, you know, injects more, more like rotation questions. Max Christie is a guy that I think needs more minutes, but I just don't know where he goes. So I think it's really tough to be like, Hey, this lineup, like these three cannot play together under no circumstances, no matter what the lineup data is telling you. Cause like those are three guys that are just penciled into his rotation. Like it, it's really tough to have those three not play at all. And then with LeBron out today, it also like confused things. So, like, yeah, this is an annoying game. Like, Anthony, if this game ended with, like, six minutes left in the fourth, like, our conversation is totally different, right? We're having, yeah. like, we're having a, a lot of different conversations. We're talking about Anthony Davis regaining. Well, we'll I'm sure we'll still get into that. But Anthony Davis just regaining his dominance offensively. And there's a point. Christian Wood hits a three in the corner. I think both of us aren't sure if he can shoot. I still – I don't think he can shoot. But he hits a corner three. And so Lakers go up. Oh, he thinks he can shoot for sure. Like the shots he takes tells me he thinks he can shoot. I don't think he can shoot, but my opinion doesn't matter on his shot selection. But like you know, like, anyway. like, like some guys though, like they'll the, the ball leaves their fingers and they're confident mm -hmm. enough. Like Malik Beasley, yeah. right? Like he holds his fault. Like as we talk oh, right now, beautiful. there's a decent chance that Beasley thinks like he's holding up his follow through right now. Like while mm -hmm. you guys, while you and I are talking. Right. I'd never really yeah. see Wood do that as much. I don't think he's very confident when the ball leaves his fingers. Like when the ball leaves his fingers, it's like, please, please, please. It like you swishes through it? and he's still kind of I'm unsure. Like, yeah, like, the ball. He's like, he's like the ball. Yeah, he's he's chasing, he's chasing. Like, you know how like you you, you sprint to you the basket the if you yeah. think you're gonna yeah. <laughs> like he's like sprinting after a rebound as the ball like swishes through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Anyways. and he took like two free throws tonight. He missed both, you know. But like he took a three, it put us up thirteen, six and a half yeah. left. AD is already on Should the floor, over. and I'm sure. Yeah, and Darwin's like, hey, I have two guards. I have one who's a super veteran guard. Delo's in his like ninth year, you know. Mm -hmm. I have Austin Reeves, who's another ball handler out there, and I'm Anthony Davis. 
I should be able to win six minutes or at least tie. You should go even with the San Antonio Spurs with six minutes left. Yeah. Again, I don't care who's out there. Us two plus AD, Austin, and D'Lo should be able to at least play even. And that and they lost it by like 18 <laughs> or yeah. more than that, actually. Um. So, yeah, it's tough to me, for me to like go in, in this game and just directly point all the fingers to Darwin. He might get like two or he might get a hand, you know, but like all 10, I just I can't I can't. I can't. I can't point all ten at Darwin. I like that's. that's you have tough. people like and actually they're... pointing like this. Like they're just like pointing with all of their fingers towards the right. Yeah, um, like a spell. Yeah. <laughs> spirit fingers. I think that's how spells. Those work. aren't spirit fingers. Sure. These are spirit <laughs> fingers. So like I think, no, like in in and that is always a point worth making, right? No matter who is on the court, to a certain extent, they have to execute execute right. Yeah, And in this case, they were playing as if the game, you know, had already been finished. And, and mm-hmm. you know, that is why it looked as ugly as it did. But I still think, though, that like. So the point that you just made as far as the personnel, you have Anthony Davis playing like an MVP. You have mm-hmm. uh, you have a veteran point guard in, in D'Angelo Russell who like. He's a veteran in terms of like the amount of time he has spent in the league, but he does not play like a veteran point guard. He made some of the dumbest passes in that stretch. Right. Um, And shots for that matter. Uh, Mm -hmm. You have a second year guard in, in uh, Austin Reeves, right? Am I right? I always forget if he's second or third. Uh, So a a third year guard in, in, in uh, Austin Reeves. And you have Torian Prince who like, yeah, has been playing better lately, but like had also been playing really poorly before this stretch. Right. And, and so like, and, and then the other guy that you're bringing on there, it was so far in the doghouse that like, we were surprised to see him in this one. Mm-hmm. So like to like, yeah, those guys do need to collectively play better than they did, but also it shouldn't exactly surprise anybody that that combination of, of players out there, would maybe fumble away a game, even against, uh, 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 you know, the San Antonio Spurs. And while it's happening, we're all sitting there like, any sub, anything, right? Like mm-hmm. no adjustment whatsoever. Like they're just they're just allowed to keep on going. And it wasn't like D'Angelo Russell was lighting the world on fire before that stretch either. Russell finishes this one, uh, twelve points. He did have his ten assists, um, uh, six of thirteen from the field. 0 of 4 from three-point range, uh, 0 of 1 from the free-throw line, and was a minus 6 in a game that the Lakers, at various points, led by, like, almost 20. Um, Yeah. This was, like, he was playing poorly, and the Lakers clearly needed somebody out there to bring some physicality. So whether that was Cam, whether that was Max, uh, Vando had a wrap on his back, so he wasn't going to go back into the game. But at some point, you have to make an adjustment, one adjustment. And it's the same thing that, like, in in yesterday's game against Dallas or a couple nights ago, If for those of you who are listening on the pod feed, um, like, when when, uh, Dante Exum is, like, walking around (laughs) setting the arena on fire, like, Mm -hmm. maybe, just maybe, adjust from the ignore that guy in the corner defense, you know? Right. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, you have guys who are ignoring him who aren't help side impact defenders anyway. Just tell them, stay home just like a step. Like, you know, stay like a step closer to that guy or hustle out there a little bit harder so that he actually feels your presence there. And no, at no point was there an adjustment there. At no point was there an adjustment here tonight. And it's just, it's the same thing with Darwin where things have to, the things have to like literally be crumbling around him for him to consider an adjustment for him to like, maybe like, you know, it's hard enough to get him to call a timeout because his fingers and his hands are nice and, and warm and, 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 and calm in those pockets of his, but then like to get him to through that timeout or in that timeout, make any adjustment. Like it needs to be a cataclysm, cataclysmic demise for 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 something to be like. Yeah, the, the crypto arena has to be like falling over, like being blown over. Godzilla and King Kong have to be wrestling on on top of the city for him to think about. Like, oh, you know, this isn't going very well. You know, like, and that's that's the part of this is that like he has to be aware that it isn't going very well. But but I'm not positive he is. 
Isn't there a isn't there like a Godzilla Kong movie or something? And then that come out. out. There's there like a like... baby King Kong in the oh, trailer. Okay. Yeah, I heard about that. I look just to be fair, I have my hands in my pockets right now. I'm a person who gets cold very easily, so <laughs> totally understand it from Darwin. But no, that is so, one of like no, I love I love that like I love that as you were Darwin Ham's devil's advocate right now, your hands go in your pockets. You're presenting the defense of Darvin Ham, and yeah, your hands right. are in your pockets. And I'm sitting here doing all kinds of I know. Going full Catholic and talking about the shit. <laughs> my hands are like freezing cold, putting them in my pocket. No, that that is one of my like biggest um, concerns, at least with Darvin. I think he does kind of stick to his game plan. Um, he takes a while to adjust, and that you know, in that Dallas game, just like I thought it was tough because I think Luca was kind of killing any coverage, and obviously they were leaving Dante Exum. I also think if you go back and rewatch, like they were also not telling D'Lo to just like meander around the the floor and just, you know, half double, half go back. Like there was just a lot of, there was a big drop off from the IST to our defensive effort against Dallas. That wasn't just game plan. That wasn't just like Dante Exum specific. That was guys just playing off their, off their guy for no reason. I thought Austin, Rui, D'Lo, even LeBron to an extent, like really, over help for no reason. Um, I think that's one of my concerns with Darwin. But tonight, like, also, I just want to put out there, Wemby was special in that run. Like, he was hitting step-back threes, and he was running the floor. Um, they were actually throwing him the ball a few times, which was rare tonight, and he still ended up with some crazy line. Um, but that's one of my concerns for sure with Darwin. He takes a while. I just, like, I, when I, I've seen, and I see this with players, and I see this with coaches as well, it's just when I get a playoff run under the belt, that kind of tells me more of who you are. And I think the IST also, that did that did a lot for me in terms of the players as well. Like, you know, who can go and who can't, right? Who can get to that level and who cannot. Um, I think that was important. I think that's something that IST was really able to kind of shine through. And I think the playoffs told that a lot too, right? I think, you know, Darwin took some time to make adjustments, but at least like I know, like when the going gets tough, when there's like an actual, when it's 2-2 coming back, like, can you make the right move? And like in the regular season, I just think you're not going to see it as much as you'd like, Anthony. Like, you have a team 12 deep. Like, it's very hard to just cycle through rotations. It's hard to be so cold and cut with, like, decisions, right? I think, like, lineups need to be given time and grace. In this one, he did. Like, in this one, he tweaked his rotation to ensure that the guys who were playing really poorly stayed out there. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, I think for that, it was just – Again, you're up 13 against a bad team, a really bad offensive team, right? So one that shouldn't be able to score on you. And and you have an offensive unit out there in terms of his head. And that's where I get from your point in terms of how he sees things. He's like, look, we have a 13-point lead. I'm going to throw an offensive haymaker unit out there. So that's Austin, that's D'Lo, that's Christian Wood, that's A.D. and Torian, right? Those are all supposed to be scorers. Um, and they just could not score at the end of the game. The, the traps destroyed our guards as they usually do. The full court pressure destroyed, destroyed our guards and not having LeBron out there kind of took the offense out. I think in that portion of the game, it's tough to be like, let me throw Vando and Cam out there when really the Spurs offense was, let's turn them over and run the hell out of it, right? There wasn't really half court. It was Wemby taking that one step back three over AD and then Wemby running the floor and having like, Torian on his back and just dunking it or getting to the free throw line on Christian Wood. Like those stuff are tough to me to be like, let's throw a hobbled Vando or Cam, who I think also got shaken up. We didn't, we don't have any news on that yet, but Cam didn't really play in the fourth, which tells me that because he played so well. Like I'm hoping that was like that was kind of the reason. Um, but that that's where I'm at with with this tonight. I, I like I just can't go to where you're at where it's like this has got to be cold cut. I, I think that's tough in a rotation that has so many guys that they need to play. So we're left with hoping that guys are injured. No, <laughs> so no. That, like that's the explanation for why they weren't playing. Like the coach has been so it, it is is so questionable that like you're basically sitting here. Not not like not that you're hoping you are hoping Sorry. for injuries. It's that like the hope here is that Ham isn't just bad at his job but that somebody is actually hurt and therefore cannot play. Um, To me, if you have Mm -hmm. a team that has title aspirations, that can't be something that you're hoping for with your coach. You know, like that, that, and this is his second year, man. Like I understand last year at various points in the season, I was willing to excuse some rookie mistakes, even if they were super frustrating, given that, that it was a LeBron team 
And it was just another version of the, you know, another way that the Lakers are making life more difficult on LeBron to not just saddle him with Russell Westbrook, but also give him a rookie head coach who's going to be learning on the job as well. And in this case, the Lakers now have, you know, shed that saddlebag who was Russell Westbrook. But now also I, I'm, I'm, I'm growing more concerned almost by the game with Darvin Ham. And, and again, this isn't like, this isn't some like just kind of stupid theory, offhand theory that um, I am hoping that the Lakers like, you know, that it was unproven that I'm hoping that the Lakers realize that their, their identity is this wing based theory. Um, this is, you know, now proven to a pretty decent extent. You know, you go through the entirety of, of the knockout rounds with that identity and in each game, take the, you know, whatever team out of their game, you turned a Phoenix Suns offense with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant on the court at the same time into a bunch of hapless nitwits who couldn't get a shot up in, in one of the biggest yeah. possessions of the game. You turn uh, a New Orleans Pelicans team that had played really, really well. It, it, you made them play so bad. You had St Stephen A. Smith fat shaming Zion Williamson for like four days afterward. Mm -hmm. And then after that, in the championship game, again, you turn the best offensive team in the league and statistically the most efficient offense of all time into not just the worst offense in this, in this seat in the league right now, but one by leaps and bounds where they are four points worse per hundred possessions than the next worst offense would have been if that was their on season production. So yeah, like, this isn't this isn't just like me saying, man, it sure would be sure would be nice if we saw what that group looks like. No, we have seen what that group looks like and we know sure. what that identity looks like. And yet now for two games in a row, Ham has gone away from that identity. And in one game, it bit them in the ass to the extent that they lost. And by the way, a winnable game. That was a Dallas Mavericks team on the second night of a back-to-back -back playing without Kyrie Irving and without other important parts of their rotation. The Lakers were otherwise basically fully healthy minus Gabe Vincent and Jared Vanderbilt apparently is still on a minute restriction and or still banged up. Or no, he didn't yeah. play in that one. Um, no, he didn't so, play in Dallas. So like, but that was still a game that like, and, and by the way, like the Lakers were playing like throughout that game, we were on all access Lakers, which by the way, tune yeah. into every, every night, if you can playback.tv slash all access Lakers is where you find us. But throughout that game, we were sitting there saying like, man, the Lakers aren't even playing well. How is this a five point game? And it's because the Lakers yeah. have a ton of talent, but in, and and like in, in, in games prior, when the Lakers went with that, that wing heavy rotation essentially what was happening is a team would start out you know looking somewhat comfortable right a couple buckets here and there and, and it would be kind of competitive and then all of a sudden the lakers would just shut the water off and that team would just kind of that 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 offense would just kind of suffocate and the lakers would go on on enough of a, of a run to create enough separation to where like yeah maybe it gets competitive at other points but it takes so much work to score against that defense that by the time it comes time to win that game, that team has no legs. And in this case, yeah. though, the Lakers played, you know, again, relied on their offense in the same way that they did to start the year. And by the way, I have to, you know, accept some, 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 I'm not blame because I'm not making any of these decisions, but <laughs> I have to accept the fact that I was wrong coming into the season. I thought that the Lakers offense would be um, explosive enough that they can build their identity off of their offense with spacing and with ball movement and with all of those things. I wound up being wrong. Actually, what is best is, is, you know, relying more heavily on these wings. And, and we, again, we have now learned this over games, plural wins, plural Im their most impressive wins on the season have come by way of that identity. And then yeah. to immediately ditch the identity, lose one game, then come back the next game right and go right back to that identity against a team that had lost 17 in a row. Watch them go on a run to get back into the game and come damn close to losing to, to winning this one in the fourth quarter. And at no point think, you know, maybe we should go back to that identity that, 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 that <laughs> you know, made us look overwhelming. Otherwise 
to not at yeah. any point here adjust like that. That's just bad coaching. Like if it was, if it was any other coach that we weren't, we didn't have a, a vested interest in hoping that that guy works out. We would be sitting here wondering what the hell is ham doing? They were doing really like, right. Right. Like if we were watching, if we were, if, if let's say Darvin ham is coaching, like, we'll say the Milwaukee Bucks or something like that, which more on them here in a little bit, because a really funny story is apparently proceeding on Twitter while you and I are talking. But hmm. um, imagine Darwin is coaching. Like he gets, he takes over for Mike Budenholzer um, and, okay. and Milwaukee plays really, really well with a certain identity. And then we see Darwin go away from it. Having watched enough Milwaukee Bucks basketball randomly, which is the kind of thing that I do. Cause I'm a nutcase. Um, I would be sitting here saying like, what is ham doing? What is going like, are we sure about Darvin ham? And yeah, you know, for us, we're asking, I'm asking that question. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, the response is, yeah, I'm sure about Darvin ham, but it's more out of hope than it is. Sure. I'm sure. Well, sure. I, I like, I think we don't know is, is Darvin like Eric Spolstra? Probably not. I just I don't think he's like one of the worst coaches in the league. And to bring up the Milwaukee Bucks, they're doing some funky stuff. Like they're not running Dame Giannis pick and roll. That's something like I would scream about. Like it's like if the Lakers yeah. just ran no LeBron AD actions, that's something that would. Really and I don't know about their get... coach either. <laughs> like, like... I'm shocked. <laughs> Raj, they aren't sure about their coach either. You have Bobby, no. Bobby Portis is screaming at everybody in the locker room, and Damon's like that's, texting blow by blow to Chris Haynes about it. Like, that's, they that, aren't that, thrilled that's either. Very, that's true. Hey, Giannis, Giannis is the one that picked that coach, so he has uh, a lot more yeah. power than I think most most people um, know. But like to me, like the reason again, like I don't know. I saw one playoff run. I thought Darwin made a lot of like the right adjustments in terms of like. Vando switching on to Draymond to end the Steph Curry pick and roll, right? Um, and like putting AD on on as the helper on and have running Austin AD pick and roll against Memphis late in games because they knew they were dropping back, like stuff like that. To me, with with Darwin, I think he did all right stuff in the playoffs, but we don't know. We won't know until it gets there. One thing that I kind of hang on is D'Lo hasn't closed very, closed very many games. Like that closing lineup doesn't close very often. Uh, he's pretty much separated Austin D'Lo as much as he can, right? And Austin's. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's correct. And, like, I think he's kind of figured out. That's why the starting lineup change came, was like, hey, those two cannot play together. And that's a, again, I, I keep telling that's a tough thing to do to, like, bench your one guy that you really, like, brought up all, you know, all the summer. Um, And I think, like, get not only getting Cam and part of the thing you talked about with Darwin, getting guys to believe in not only what he's coaching, but believe in themselves in a role that he's kind of specialized for them, getting Cam Reddish to become a all-defensive level wing, I don't think Darwin's going to get a, like all the credit for that, but I think like he should get a, if there's a pie for that, I think he should get a slice. Right. And I think like that, yeah. like if there's a Cam Reddish pie, Darwin I'm not saying he's the worst coach in the league. Like I'm not saying no, no, like, no. he is like Byron Scott levels of bad. I'm concerned that for he sure. isn't good enough to coach a, a championship level team. A champ, that's what I'm level team. About. And look, that's a, that's a fair assessment. And honestly, I don't have the answer for that. I don't know. I do like, I, I don't like his offensive schemes very much. I feel like, you know, I'm not sure the, offense kind of matched the personnel and we're starting to see that shift right and that's again another thing we're seeing a lot more ad post-ups a lot more ad one-on-ones with clear sides not a lot of the austin pick and roll has like diminished a ton ever since like the last few games and i think it's helped austin as well he's got he gets to pick his spots a little bit more than just giving an austin offensive unit so i'm seeing things come in uh, like anthony i don't think they're coming at the pace that like fans want and we want but i, I do see slow kind of adjustments um and the the sub pattern is kind of what it is and like if this continues then yeah i'm on i'm on board with your uh the angry darvin train that has left your station a while ago i'll, I'll hop on it whenever it gets to my stop but like for now like i like i, I think it's tough when you know torian's starting and it's tough to like kind of cross his minutes and take them away from D'Lo and Austin. And then, Hey, you have cam in the rotation, Max Christie, a guy who I think needs to play more, but again, tough to like take whose minutes do you take away from Rui played seven minutes in the Dallas game, right? Cause he was terrible. And again, Rui's another guy has that's had his minutes kind of go up and down. That's another decision mm -hmm. you have to make. Cause he's been bad defensively lately. Tonight was probably the best Rui game. And maybe that goes to your point that he probably should have closed, but but sure, maybe. Um, but maybe Rui should have been in there. But any in any case, like he's starting to get his rhythm back. It's just we don't know. I don't know if Darwin's the like championship right coach. 
we just went through a bunch of coaches. Um, and, but I would at least like to see it. And I, I like, I just can't jump on the, uh, Darwin's, you know, not ready or like, I think it's very tough to go, to go from a team that's two and 10 to take them on a playoff run and like question if he has kind of the guts to make the tough decisions. Um, I think he's made a few, like there's some more that are coming. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a conversation with D'Lo, like he can't play this way. Like he can't only play good when there's money on the line. Like there's gotta be, there's gotta be some conversation where like his yeah. effort, like his, his effort in that Indiana game. And like everyone talks about everyone else. D'Lo was awesome defensively deflecting, talking shit to Bruce Brown. Mm-hmm. Like that has been, that has gone. Like his effort in these last two games have been like, they, it was preseason. So that's, that's another thing that I'm kind of looking at and glaring at as, as, as something that needs to be fixed. But I don't think you'll get your answer until it's too late. Sadly. Like that's like you probably won't know if Darwin's the right coach for a title team um, until you know the playoffs kind of go through and you see guys uh, when it matters. Uh, but like I, he got Cam Reddish in the rotation, he's got Max Christie in the rotation. Those two guys don't look like look like they're going anywhere. LeBron comes back. I still think they're going to lean in. Like when all when it all mattered, when five hundred thousand was on the line, when the biggest stakes so far of this season was on the line, Anthony, they went to your lineups. They went to Vando. They went to Cam. They went to you know, they went to LeBron, they went to only attacking the paint. They did all the stuff you would want to see. I think the regular season, they're back to like experimenting and, and see what works. So we'll, we'll see where that, where that goes. We know what works is the thing. Um, all right. Lane, yeah. Lane is saying like we won and Anthony is furious. I, it's not even that I'm necessarily furious. <laughs> like for me. All right. Imagine it. Wait, imagine if we lost tonight. <laughs> <laughs> then I would have been furious. Then I like then, but then we all should have been furious, man. The, no, the, for sure. You, like the, the Spurs would have snapped their 17 game losing streak against the Lakers. You know how happy all those stupid Spurs fans would have been. You know what's the the only thing worse than a happy Spurs fan? You know what the only thing worse than a happy Spurs fan is? A happy what's, Celtics what's fan. That's it. Okay. That's it. That's the list. You have the happy Celtics fans up here. They're usually happy for some problematic reasons anyway. And then you have happy Spurs fans who, you know, some of that matters too. And like, 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 if they are happy, something terrible has just happened. And had the Spurs right. beaten the Lakers in this one, which they came really close to, by the way, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like if the if the if the defender who closed on that pass that D'Angelo Russell threw to Torian Prince Oof. in the middle of the in the middle of the course it, it, court. Had he been like a step further into the lane, the Spurs, I think, either tie or take the lead there. Tied, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, like, and then and then you go to overtime, you know, or had or had Ed Malloy made a very Ed Malloy call and not called mm-hmm. Victor Weminyama. Had he not fouled out Victor Weminyama on the three that he fouled Cam Reddish on or whatever, um, uh-huh. that it sends you to overtime as well, like. Mm-hmm. There are and and now again you're going to overtime against a team that had lost 17 straight. Rome kept on saying that this team, you know, isn't going to give up. They aren't going to give up. They aren't going to. They have given up 17 times in a row. <laughs> like the only team, the only two teams that they have beaten this year are the Detroit Pistons and hilariously the Phoenix Suns for some reason on back to backs. Which you know right. maybe the, the Phoenix Suns are a little paper tigery too. I think is 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 Aaron put it. But like, but yeah, I like I'm. For those of you who are parents who are who are watching, parents are always in this kind of state of annoyance. Like kids just put you there. And it doesn't take very much to take to, to elevate you. Like every radio talk show host, like just I, I picture like Skip Bayless not having kids almost is like a, a crazy upset because he gives such dad energy off. Like like it, you know, okay. uh, Mad Dog mm-hmm. Russo is, you know, I just picture Mad Dog Russo having like 15 kids at home because it takes so little for him to start screaming at everybody in the studio. Right. Um, and in this case, like, you know, this was supposed to be a nice, comfortable win. Yeah, sure. You don't have LeBron James, but you shouldn't need LeBron James to beat the San Antonio Spurs. And it was heading towards being a nice, comfortable win. And you would think when you're up 13 against a team that already struggles to score, Maybe just maybe it's a good idea to put in a defensive forward lineup there to suffocate that game and 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 send it to its its nice calm and comfortable end. But no, you went in the opposite direction because again, I think that's how Darvin Ham sees the sport. He would prefer to to beat teams through offense, I think, 
rather than defense. And, and, you know, we'll see if, and now look to your point, man, when the games did matter more, those were the lineups that he went with. And that is the thing that I think will help me sleep at night at the end of all of this. But he also, as soon as he possibly could, went right back to screw it. Let's try to outscore people. And as it hasn't worked, hasn't necessarily moved off of it either. I think he's a, well, first off, I just want to know. So like when I become a parent, I'm just going to be more upset all the time. Always like, annoyed. I'm, okay. Always. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm just, these I'm are just warning you. Parents questions. <laughs> these yeah. Are, these no, are my, I'm like, warning you. Parent, you quit. It's no. going to be like, uh, I'm also like, I'm I don't, also I don't get like, upset very easily. So I'm like, I'm pretty neutral calm. So I'm guessing like once I have a kid, I'll just no, raise what my... you're going to do a lot. I can already see okay. you're going to do this a lot. Cause I've, I've heard you say it and it's one of my favorite things that you do. It always makes me kind of laugh or whatever. But like when, when D'Lo throws that pass, you know, yeah. you go like, why did you like, what was the, like, you know, like I just, you right, know, right. cause like I, I, I have, I have an immigrant mom. I'm sure like you, like you, you, you come from a, a, a you know, Im- right. you have immigrant Same. parents as well. And, and so like my mom, it wasn't, it wasn't all like, the person who actually would lose it on me was my white dad. But my mom was right. the one who like snide comment after snide. Like, well, what were you thinking mm-hmm. there? Like, what was the, <laughs> what did you think was going to happen there? Like when, when I, cause I'm a boy and I did all kinds mm-hmm. of stupid boy stuff. And, and if I ever hurt myself doing any of those stupid boy stuff, instead of like coming in and, and like, you know, most Mexican moms would be like, Oh, mi pobrecito. Like, Oh, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> no, my mom's like, what do you think was going to happen? Like what? How'd you think that was going to go when you rid your, when you rode your bike downhill with one hand and, and broke your wrist? Like, how'd you think that was going to go? You idiot. Let's get you to the hospital. We have to see how much you're going to cost me, you know? Right. And like, I feel like that's, that's the energy that you're going to carry. It's like, what? Right. Why? What did you think? Yeah. I'm more, yeah. I'm more questioning the logic, you know, like it doesn't make a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Like I'm more of a guy who just questions, questions, um, a lot of logic with it. But the process, the interesting, you're going to ask your yeah, kids the process. about process. Yeah. Oh, they're going to, they're going to learn. They're going to trust the process very early. It's going <laughs> to be a lot of process conversations. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on here. So we talked about Darwin for 46 minutes. Let's, let's, let's race through the, Ooh. well, we hit wings too. So we technically hit the wings aspect mm-hmm. of this as well. I want to talk about Anthony Davis versus v- Victor yes. Wimanyama, which was incredible. It was like Pacific Rim. You mentioned King Kong against uh, Godzilla. You know, these two huge human beings going blow for blow, but not mm-hmm. just blow for blow because AD was also shooting the ball well tonight. And so you had yeah. Victor hitting crazy outside shots. You had AD hitting crazy outside shots. You had just, I, you know, we got to watch in real time the evolution of the sport, I think. You know, like where people like Anthony Davis, people like Victor Wimanyama, they just didn't exist. When mm-hmm. a 7'4 guy entered the league when I was growing up, he was Sean Bradley, and you had concern that he could walk and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> um, right. when, when, it was, when it was Yao Ming, he was smooth in all of those things. But he could, he wasn't light on his feet. Like he was, he was slow mm-hmm. and methodical and he for damn sure didn't have like a hezzy step back jumper or anything like that. Um, what we watched tonight was, was incredible. So like, what? how did you, were you able to enjoy that matchup even as uh, Darvin Ham was giving me a heart attack? Oh, absolutely. I thought that was really fun. I thought, you know, cause AD gets lost a lot in terms of just how generational he is. Um, one of my favorite Zach Lowe quotes when we traded for Anthony Davis was you can get the number one pick in 12 straight drafts and not get an Anthony Davis, right? Like that's how special he is. That's how special he was coming out. He's lost some of that offensive kind of juice. Um, but I thought tonight you saw a lot of the whole package. He tweaked his ankle, Anthony, and the jumper got better. First, just makes, first, makes... first game or first, yeah. point, first like shot of the game. Yeah. Also like, 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 hell yeah. AD against Wemby. Let's go. I can't wait to what the yeah. fuck. Like I know, yeah. Almost took the <laughs> took the air out of you know took the air out of all of us. Um, but no, hitting yeah. like step back jump shots and Wemby defending it as well, right? And AD used his advantage having the power. And you see Wemby come back just silky, like having step back jump shots. 
he still just makes no sense. Like I've seen him in person. I've seen him like in a game already this yeah. year. Still just makes no sense at all. I still think the handle needs to get tighter, but he walked into like 25. You 10, realize you're saying the handle on a seven, four human being needs to get tighter. Well, like just like in terms of who, like our, he's already going to be special with what he is, but in terms of like what That's his offense is ceiling, his offense is ceiling. Cause the handle is going to get tighter. He's a guy that loves basketball. Oh no, yeah. His life, you know, you know, like he's going to, he's going to be All right. You are, tighter. you are what? Seven years younger than me, I think. Right. Like, are you, are you even 30 yet? You're not right. No, not yet. No. Okay. So you're, you're almost a decade younger than me. <laughs> when Sean Bradley entered the league, at no point did I think to myself, that guy needs to work on his handle. And it wasn't because, like, you know, he was an incredible ball handler. It was because anytime that guy dribbled, you knew something terrible was going to happen. So he was better off not dribbling than working right. on his handle. And, like, with, with the fact that we are sitting here talking about Anthony Davis, who was a legit seven-footer, and Victor Wimanyama, who was a legit seven footer and change, right? Like it was crazy to see those two stand next to each other yeah. and AD to be looking up the way that he was. And the fact no. that you are saying, and again, rightfully, I'm not saying that you're wrong, but it is insane to me having watched basketball for as long as I have that we're sitting here and saying this seven, four human being, this <laughs> extraterrestrial needs to focus on his handles because that was not something that seven, four people no. ever had to worry about when I was growing up. You all, you no. the extent of working on your handles was put your butt into a defender and, <laughs> and make sure that like you can dribble, dribble. basically stationary <laughs> to get to whatever hook shot you were going to take. Yeah. So the Spurs don't run like a lot of stuff for him. And we were watching the game. And I was just so perplexed that like possession after possession goes by. And the broadcast when he was like, hey, give women Yama the ball sometimes. Like, it's okay. He's, he might even pass it back to you. You know, like, like you can give him the ball. But there was a play like he was standing in the corner. And a guard came and screened for him. So he's in the corner. He's on the corner three. Guard comes and screens for him. He curls to the free throw line and takes like a fadeaway jumper. Like, this is freaking yeah. madness. Like, how do you even defend that? Like, I think, like, Christian Wood tried to put a hand up. Um, No, he's he's special. And, again, like, comparing him to AD, I think you just see, I think, like, out of the draft, there were, like, some, like, ridiculous comparisons. They're like, yeah, his floor is Anthony Davis, which I think is kind of, it's, like, really unfair. That's insane. Which, which could be true, too. He could just be a super <laughs> monster, like, one of the best players yeah. to ever touch the touch basketball but no it's cool to watch him and like again like i said his handle is going to get better um he has like a silky smooth jump shot hit two step back threes he like runs in transition a seven four guy anthony runs in transition to the corner three point line like what in the like and they play him at power forward too so he's able to get a lot of space uh but no that was a monster matchup and i love that ad took it personal like ad doesn't really like yeah he doesn't really invest in these kind of things, but you could tell tonight there was a extra juice to him where he's like, Oh, I'm going to show off. And AD got his like 35, 36 points as well. It was just a special battle between two monster big men. And again, Wemby who they don't do anything for, he's playing around a unit that doesn't help him at all. No point guards that can play make any, any type of consistent way. And he walks into 27. So super special player. It'd be fun to see how they match up on Friday. Like I want to see it with adjustments. Both of them make um, that was fun for the first, like, 42 minutes of this game that was an extremely <laughs> fun matchup yeah. you can just cut those last six cut those last six out uh victor womanyama finishes this one 30 points on 11 of 21 shooting four of five from three-point range four of seven from, from a free throw line 13 boards two assists three steals six blocks um Ooh. did foul out so you compare that stat line to anthony davis's 37 points 10 boards, four steals, an assist um, on, on 13 of 23 shooting. And yeah, that was that was a blast to watch. And I'm not kidding. Um, I pick my words generally pretty carefully. And when I say that what we just watched was evolution, I'm being serious. That was some like, that was some otherworldly stuff that, again, for people who were my age or older, did not watch human beings that big that long be that athletic that coordinated and that smooth that is a brand new one you got like like kg talking about jackson hayes late. there or yeah that... yeah totally yeah he did have like a running he, he had did, like a yeah. running layup over over Wemby one time jackson, jackson hayes even... 20 years ago would have really just 
<laughs> what yeah, a broken your mind. Uh, no, it, dude, if, if Jackson Hayes played like in the seventies, he would have been Will Chamberlain. Like, like he would just, <laughs> no, that's not fair. <laughs> Bill Russell would look at him and be like, what? Hold on. <laughs> um, all right. I let's, I, I do want to finish on this one because I want to finish on a light and kind of fun note here. Uh, I'm going to show you a clip. Okay, this is Giannis okay. Antetokounmpo. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, uh, again, please hit that subscribe button, rate, review, all that stuff, wherever you get your pods. But for those of you who are watching live, I'm going to play this clip, and it's Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, I'm just going to take it out of context, and I'm going to let you guess the context. Uh, pump to the heart in the chest, because this took a little extra to win this one tonight. Something's going on in the corner over here. And there is Giannis. Giannis going to the locker room. Sprinting to the locker room. Going into the locker room. Don't ruin a great evening. No. With some nonsense. And that's the last time we will see Giannis Antetokounmpo. Would you like to guess what the context is? Well, so... Like I saw like a scuffle with Portis, so some kind of scuffle with a player like must have because they had the in-season tournament game. So like I'm sure there was some back and forth blood still mm -hmm. uh, still waiting on. Um, cost some money. Yeah, bro, got, yeah <laughs> it cost him some money and uh, they just got a nice uh, rivalry out of it. So I don't know, chasing Miles Turner to the, <laughs> to so... the tunnel. Giannis Antetokounmpo scored 64 points in this game. So that was him wow. after a win in which he scored 64 points. Okay. 64. Uh, breaks wow. the, the Bucks, the Bucks scoring record previously held by Michael Red. Um, so I'm just going to read a series of tweets from Chris Haynes. Okay. The Indiana right. Pacers took the game ball away after Giannis Antetokounmpo's 64 point game. A furious Antetokounmpo took off for the Pacers locker room to attempt at retrieving the ball. It is unclear if he got the ball back. He continues, what? Bleacher Report sources initial explanation from one member of the Pacers to Bucks players as to why they took the game ball from Giannis uh, Atentacumpo. They wanted to give it to a rookie who scored his first career basket. Oscar, uh, now I don't know this guy's, uh, Shibwe is, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm guessing on how to say it was the only rookie to register his first point. He made one free throw. Again, Hayes continues. Um, Buck's security was able to retrieve the game ball for Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> Sources say. Wow. <laughs> so you score 64 points. You have the offensive night of your career. <laughs> Do you and care about the game to, ball? You're ready to fight people over a game ball. <laughs> Which, by the way, like, this is a funny theory I've always had, right? So game ball, so when, when, when a game is getting ready to go, they will have, like, an assortment of three basketballs that a star will be able to choose from, right? That the, that usually mm -hmm. the home star chooses from. Um, And, like, it, it winds up being the same ball, over, you know, that, that you feel, you know, in your hands and all that stuff. They could have given him, they may have given him any ball. It doesn't <laughs> register. It doesn't say on the basketball. There game are ball. upwards of like 50 basketballs in that arena at any oh, given point in the yeah. game night, you know? And so like they could, they, and it's not like on that game ball, they, they take like a branding iron to it and say, this was between <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks and the Indiana Pacers. That's not how that works. He could yeah, like just, they could have handed him. <laughs> he's like sprinting off to the Indiana Pacers locker room. Some, some like some security guard may actually have been like, "Yo, Giannis, over here. Yeah, yeah I, I got the ball. We got the ball. We're good. We, 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 here, here. Don't get suspended over a fucking game ball." Like, just, <laughs> I imagine Giannis went to security. He's like, "You got to get me that game ball." And that security just scared, just goes to the other side. Like, just give me any ball, make it sweat a little bit, add some sweat on it. Like, here you go. The guy comes back to Giannis. Here's the game ball. Yeah. That, that's or how even better, even better, like that C Shibway. C I don't know how to 
It's T S T S H I E B W E. Oscar Shibwe is again my guess on how to pronounce his name. I'm usually pretty good at these things. I have no idea. Um, but in in this case, like imagine the the security guard walks into the uh, into the locker room. She weighs like holding the ball there, like super excited and happy. Like I got my first point. I scored my first point, my first point. His teammates are all rallied around him. Like, hell yeah, bud. Like way to go, man. Sucks. We lost, but it's really cool that you got that opportunity. Um, And then the security guards like, yo, here's this ball. Pretend it was the one you scored with. (laughs) He pulls it away from some crying rookie to give the ball back to Giannis. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god i don't know which of those scenarios i like more but oh, I, it's just i so this was this was going on as we were screaming and arguing about darvin ham and i just had to grab that clip and and show it to you uh because this league refuses <laughs> to be anything other than the most dramatic at all times so much drama i thought he was running after a player that looked like pretty stern he was pointing at people like asking for it. after a player, like he was. I won my ball. And I want to go home. <laughs> Tyrus Halliburton just taking the ball and going home. That's a better story. I'd rather have that. And who's like relaying this to Chris Haynes, like one by one? Like, hey, Chris, we haven't got think? the ball yet. Who do you <laughs> oh, think? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Dame's invested in this story though. Like, Chris is like, hey, Dame, you have the ball yet? No, we don't have it yet. <laughs> <laughs> It would have been great. So the last tweet that he sends about it, that Chris sends about it, is, is him yeah. quote tweeting it. He goes like two minutes after his sentence, Buck Security was able to retrieve the game ball for Giannis Antetokounmpo, comma sources say right. Like imagine if he just goes like, if he goes like, Yo, Dave said they got the ball back. We're good. <laughs> per Dave, go on about go on about your life. Dame went and got the ball from Oscar Shibwe. <laughs> like, like Buck security guard Bobby Portis went into the locker room to go retrieve a basketball from <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Shout out Giannis. 64 points. That should be the story. Instead, it's about him going after a, a game ball that uh, he may or may not have. I if you're Buck security though, like you think Indiana Buck security is giving you the game ball? Like, was well, the game in? Was the game in Milwaukee or is it in Indiana? Mm-hmm. It was in Milwaukee. Oh, okay. Oh, that's even more hilarious. <laughs> like they could get the game ball back uh, <laughs> from from their own <laughs> own, own place. <laughs> Giannis is apparently, according to George, um, Giannis is married to Chris Haynes' cousin. No way. So... No, no way. That's. <laughs> No, there's no way. There's no way. Like this, that can't be true. I just, it's still no so way. much more fun if it's Dame like texting him. We finally got the ball back, Chris. You can send the tweet. We're good. Giannis Bobby ran over there to Chris Haynes' cousin. There's, there's no way that's. Like, I don't even know how people know stuff like that. I, I, I don't. I, you know, could be right, could be wrong. We'll see. All right, we have been going here for about an hour. I'm going to uh, call it here. Again, the Lakers beat the San Antonio Spurs in San Antonio 122 to 119. They do so with without LeBron James. LeBron will have a day to recover. And I would I would think play um, you know, Friday uh, against Mm -hmm. San Antonio. We will see. Oh, yeah, good point. Good point. He does have that pot of sign. Um, George says, uh uh, regarding Christine's uh cousin. But the um yeah, the the I, I'm curious if AD will go. Sometimes that ankle kind of stiffens up after you tweak it, right? Though he looked plenty explosive, looked I thought, throughout the game. So I think he should be able to go. I hope so because I want to see that rematch between him and and Wembenyama. Um, we will await news on Jared Vanderbilt, who it wouldn't surprise me if he misses a, a Friday because that back. He had a wrap on the back, and again, he was limping to the scorer's table from the bench as he was entering the game. That's usually not a very good sign. Um, and and we will see if uh, Cam Reddish is able to go because he came up a little gimpy 
um, at, at, at a ver various points throughout this one. If all of those guys are available, I want to see the Lakers go to that identity and really beat the crap out of a Spurs team that they should be able to beat the crap out of. Um, mm -hmm. If not, and if they play with their food again, as they have shown a proclivity to do, we will see how that game goes. But until then, and until the next time you guys hear from us, I'm Anthony Irwin. That was Raj Shapalu. You can check us out on All Access Lakers, playback.tv slash All Access Lakers. All Ass Lakers is, is what it's called when I'm on there. Just like just straight ass takes by by me, but playback.tv slash all access Lakers is where you can find us, make an account, sign up with your email, comment, come up on stage, whatever you want. Um, and, and you can have some fun with with me and the guys. So yeah, this has been the Lakers Lounge, a newly produced Lakers Lounge. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep on adding here to to uh, YouTube, so please hit that subscribe button comment like all that good stuff and we'll talk to you guys again tomorrow no trades <laughs> <laughs>